Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Wax on, wax off. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of Cam's Corner. This is the sub-series under the Believe in the Punch podcast where your host, Karate Cam, just goes off on tangents. We we do one take, one shot wonders of just talking about karate-related topics and things that come up within my day-to-day life, you know, and and, and this is the the ramble spot of where, where I talk about it, bring it back up, and basically just work through while talking on the podcast. So welcome back to now episode two. I'm really excited for today's episode. Guys, I've been away for a minute and I'm so sorry. I was looking and it's been almost close to two months since the last episode on the podcast has come out. And today's today's episode is basically going to recap why and what's been going on. The competition schedule has been really heavy and just trying to work through things and 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 get the dojo and my team up and running as, as a coach as well as an athlete has really taken its toll and and working through all that but what i wanted to take today to do was to talk about everything and recap the events that i've been going to and kind of the 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 things that i've been taking away from all of them unfortunately too i just got back from las vegas where i did get covid and that kind of pushed put me out of commission for the rest of the year um, and now into early 2022, we're finally back. We're finally moving and grooving again. And that's why we're having another episode jump in. But before we jump into today, the, the episode for today, I want to give a shout out to, of course, none other. All of my listeners know the main sponsor of this podcast in Bet Online. It's it's that time, guys. Playoffs are coming up for football. The NBA's clothes are getting hot with different teams, different things like that. I actually just went to my first lacrosse game, Colorado Mammoth game, in, since like middle school. And man, what a blast. But you can also find them through the app. It's not just sports betting, but it's also for anybody that's into just casino games in general. You guys know what it is. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this upcoming season. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V in all caps, to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing new offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Now, without further ado, what are we talking about today? Well, so the last few months have basically been taken up by three, going on four major events. One of them being nationals, the national championships. The next one being the Pan American Championships. The third one being World Championships, and then the fourth one being uh, the U.S. Open, which uh, just got done before Christmas and everything. Now. Basically, I'm going to be recapping these three major events, going on four major events, and and, and talking about what what I learned and what the major takeaways from each one was. The biggest thing, and, and I've I've mentioned this on numerous episodes with with questions that I've asked different guests and and just things that I mean I, I talked about on the last episode with with covering the Olympics and things like that. But the the concept of balance and and understanding that. That balance is, is something that karate preaches regularly 
for any practitioner to try and reciprocate within their own lives for the sport itself, right? Not just, you know, being a balanced, balanced athlete or a practitioner and just being good at punches or just being good at kicks, but being good at everything, as well as someone who's balanced in their life. And believe it or not, even though, I mean, granted, on, on the general scheme of things, I'm still on the younger side of the spectrum, but I've been doing the sport since since day one, you know, since I, I essentially came out of the womb. And to have the experiences that I have, it's still a fascinating thing to see that the basics about life regarding how to prepare myself, how to get ready, how to work through the sport slash life balance is something that continues to show itself. While it might seem obvious because, you know, life changes and things like that, it, it just, it, it, showed itself to the absolute extreme within the last few months of getting back into like a full-on competition schedule and um, each tournament funny enough kind of had its own theme if you will and uh, starting off with with nationals that was um, man that was a trip I have to go back into the memory banks a little bit but nationals was not it's not the tournament that I was trying to peak for obviously that was worlds the world championships is the one that you want to peak for but it was my first, you know, major tournament or major, if you will, tournament that I, I, I had to come back and really, you know, get my myself together as far as losing a bunch of weight to get to my weight class. I'd never been this heavy in my life. I, I, I was, um, I lost close to 25 or going on like 23 pounds in six weeks to get ready for nationals. And uh, my goal was to kind of maintain that you know, so I didn't have to go through that whole, whole fighting phase again. But nationals, I, I had a six week time frame where I set aside to get myself ready, along with uh, some of my teammates. One being my sister, another one being um, someone who I, I work with regularly, uh, who's also another heavyweight. But working through that, the 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 toughest thing was just the the things that were popping up left and right the the unpredictable factors you're going to notice that within each prep phase um there's going to be these like it's going to be some sort of life struggle that was was pushing me but um the within those 6 weeks i remember each week had its own major thing kind of happen whether it was um family troubles or whether it was regarding how how we're working through things at the dojo itself or or my schooling was not going well um every week had its own little thing and and i remember thinking to myself and working with my sports psychologist of just just controlling what i can and staying true to what i enjoy and you know in getting back into training there's a there's a lot of things that 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 come back as far as emotions go um, for me, I've, I've been doing karate long enough to the point where I've loved it and I've hated it. You know, a lot of people, especially like recreational practitioners might not feel that way because it, it's always a new, fun, enjoyable experience in, in always practicing new things. But with karate essentially surrounding my life, I, I've had the opportunity and I say, I say opportunity because it really has been something that's, that's a positive to, um, to enjoy and heavily dislike the sport in itself. And that's not to say I don't love it. It's just that when, when you're around it so much and you're not nurturing yourself, 
um, as a human being, then something that you're doing all the time, even though you love it, turns into something that, you know, makes you frustrated or gives the opposite response of what you want. And getting back into the training of like or hardcore training, I should say, of like multiple trainings a day, um, really focused and, and, you know, putting the stress on the body of losing weight. So you're always tired and trying to trying to manage still teaching right full time. I'm teaching six, six days a week in many cases and, and still in school pushing that and then and trying to play those other roles that I do within my life, whether it's uh, within my relationships or within my family. And, and I noticed that what, as soon as I wouldn't take care of the whole perspective or the whole picture, these thoughts and feelings and emotions of frustration with myself and the sport uh, would come back and show within my training. So a mistake within practice would not be an enjoyable mistake. Something that I really pride myself on is being able to enjoy a process of growth. And that means making mistakes and learning from mistakes and enjoying mistakes to an extent within my training. But the the the, the biggest telltale sign for me is when that turns into, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm flustered. Oh, I'm pissed off about it. And, and that was a really big thing for me to go through again. And I enjoyed it because then I was able to really see the athletes that I was training at that time and relate to them even better. One of the main reasons of why I'm still competing at this point in time, one of my biggest motivations is so that I'm able to be a better coach. Uh, I understand that this the time frame for me to keep competing is only so long, but my, my goal and one of my dreams would be to coach for the rest of my life, you know, run, run my own dojo and, and continue that legacy of everything that I've put into to the sport, you know. So one of my main motivating factors is to be able to go through these things and go through these different experiences so that I'm able to be a better coach. Obviously, I want to be the best that I can be and have the skills and everything, but the 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 bigger goal or the bigger perspective of it all is to be able to give back and better have have a better understanding for things. So, uh, working through that whole thing was was fantastic, and and getting my body back to a point where I'm happy with how I'm feeling and I'm not totally winded going up the stairs, uh, <laughs> was was a was a good thing, and I was really happy about that. And um, we went to nationals and and. Um, my, my my little team, which uh, happened to be two of the athletes that you know were were around, and when I say my team, that's not the team that I'm coaching, but my personal team. Just wanted to clarify that as well. But my my two people and um, my sister, and we we went, and um, I remember getting there, and I, I was still a little bit over, so I just jumped in the bath and did a little bit of an Epsom salt bath, as you know. Um, and, and traveled on that day without, and for many athletes, this isn't a big deal, but, uh, after losing that much weight, I remember I was uh, a little loopy in the car rides, um, to and from the airport after arriving. And it happened to be that the weigh-in was the same day as us arriving. So yeah, I just got to the hotel, jumped in an Epsom salt bath for 15, 20 minutes. And right when weigh-ins was about to end, went on, stepped on the scale right on where I needed to be. And, um, was was pretty proud and that that we could get back to the flow of things especially seeing that um one of my one of my previous students someone that I had taught and was uh pretty pretty significant within my um teaching life and teaching growth it was a mid to late teenager um unfortunately one of my students who who 
doesn't have was not practicing karate at the time, but I, I still had a really good relationship with their family. Um, took their own life, and um, like I said, every week had a serious challenge that I had to go through, uh, as far as working through adversity, whether it was personal or or internal or external. But um, the week before this tournament, um, that that's something that happened, and I just that really that really that really hit home and. Stepping on the scale was obviously has no relation, but it, it kind of solidified, hey, man, like the I'm proud of you just for yourself and, and taking that time to note that I was proud of myself for getting down to that point and, and working through everything and being the best person that I could be off of the off the mat was really important. And um, and yeah, so the tournament progressed and I was really thankful that now I'm when I say my team or the dojo's team, um, man, we had a great performance overall. Um, all the athletes medaled. Everybody was pumped. A lot of athletes are on the trajectory to, to compete at an elite level, hopefully next year. And, um, it was a great stepping stone for all of them, you know, and, and a big thing I, I enjoy about nationals and the U S open is it's a multi-day event. Uh, and I think that's great training for athletes to, not disengage after competition because it's really easy whether you win or lose to to be like okay i'm done i don't need to do anything else right i can i can flow on with the rest of my my life and focus on eating cheeseburgers and cookies and and having multiple days of competition forces you to stay disciplined even when you don't want to be and i think that's like a huge huge thing that um all of our athletes i can say really took to heart and, and embodied it until the last day when they had as many milkshakes as they possibly could for myself um yeah that was a it was a fun event to just get the the blood pumping and everything moving again and thankfully made it to the finals and um it got got gold and um that secured i think my 12th 11th or 12th national title um which i'm very very blessed and you know, happy to say, you know, because, uh, it's been a lot of, a lot of ups and downs throughout this whole karate journey and, and, uh, living it ha has, um, has definitely made me a better person and, and, and it came to show, you know, and, uh, it, I think I, the, the reason why I'm questioning or, you know, getting stuttered and getting stuttery here is, um, I'm just thinking about, man, my, my mom came up and, um, she was the one that actually gave me the medal after the the tournament or the competition had finished and um for the medal ceremony and man i'm there's a very like a very few amount of times where i've ever like thought about like breaking down and getting emotional and getting the sweaty eyes if you will uh for a medal but that was one of them just kind of working through those different things and um that that had led up to that event and then you know just having a family member and my mom be the one that hands me the medal i don't know what what did it but you know, I, I was, uh, I was sweating from the eyes <laughs> a little bit and, um, yeah, the tournament itself was, was great overall. Um, and we were progressing now, just as a side note, um, I still am trying to like, as a personal goal, I, I try to, my, one of my dreams would be to have a smooth transition out of the sport whenever that is, um, and that I, I am doing things like this podcast or I'm still in school. I'm studying my master's degree right now and, and doing things like that to set up my 
my my life so that when when competition is done, it's a smooth transition to like the working life, if you will. But the the challenge of that is is making sure that you have balance for whatever the priority is within within your life. And while a master's degree is extremely important and things like that, it's it's really hard when you know, you have these things that you've idolized, events that you've idolized as a kid, like the World Championships or Pan American Championships, and um, you're trying to put things on the back burner for, for itself. And um, that's basically what was happening. The the balance, um, resilience was probably the theme for nationals, but then going into the second tournament was Pan Am's. Um, balance was probably the, the theme for that and understanding that it's okay to rest. Um, I... I, I I took I, I don't I, I don't usually ever take trips for myself, but um my girlfriend and I we 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 took a trip for like four days up into the mountains. Uh, I love the mountains of Colorado. They're freaking awesome. And if you haven't been already, you should go. Um we went up for a few days and I got away from everything, just didn't train, didn't worry about weight, didn't worry about anything else, did did the bare minimum of homework and um Dr. Z, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. Uh, that was a tough week for the grades, but um, it was what it was. And, and I remember getting back and putting a lot of stress on myself for, from this, uh, it, it, from this little trip, this little getaway and putting a lot of stress on myself that I still had, I only had two weeks to train and I needed to do pedal to the metal and train as hard as I possibly can four times a day, 10 hours a day. We got to go, we got to do this. We got to get ready for Pan Ams, man. It's the best. And all of our continent is going to show up and, and be there. And we got to blah, 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 blah. And I was putting all this pressure on myself and, um, the almighty balancing hand of my dad came in and he was like, bro, you got to chill out. You got to chill out, man. What's wrong with getting away? What's wrong with doing things that you enjoy and, and not always putting yourself under the microscope of, of pressure and continuous judgment and thinking and focus and all this stuff. And I was like, shoot, man, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You know? And um, you're, that's, that's basically what happened. I, I started to put more priority on my rest and, um, I was training hard. I was training smart. That's a big thing. Um, I'm, I'm predominantly my, my primary, you know, I, I guess you say my primary karate teacher. I'm, I'm my own coach for the most part, but, um, my dad and is my, is my constant but whatever the <laughs> mafia term for it is um he always comes in and watches and we 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 throw ideas off of each other and then you know he said he sends me on my way and says hey come back and let me know what else we need and um that's kind of how it's been for the last few years and 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 within our training he he told me to back off and me backing off allowed me to think about things a little bit more um, strategically and what to train, when to train it, how to manage my weight, how to manage the fact that I still have a bunch of homework and things like that. And this being my first international trip since starting my master's program, um, it was a, it was a trip because you, you, you not only have to, and a lot of student athletes will understand this one for sure, but it's a problem that I still have even now. Um, once you're in college, it doesn't go away. You know, <laughs> if anything, it sticks around, but you have to do the, the, you know, the, the homework or the coursework, or since I'm in an online program, it's the co coursework of the week that you're home, pre-week, right? Pre-leaving week. 
And then you'll have to try and figure out what to do with the, the coursework for the week that you're away because I'm go I was going to Uruguay for Pan American Championships. And then you have to be figure out what you can do when you get back or what you can load when you get back when you still have to do that coursework plus whatever's left over from when you were gone or whatever your, your professors or um, teachers allows you to, to postpone. And, and there's kind of an art to that with balancing and, and ramping up training but making sure that you ramp down school load and, and going out to see friends and um, making sure that you manage energy within you know things like teaching and just general activities during the day. Um, my, my, even my walks with my dog got shorter. Um, and, and, and I'm pleased to say that the, the balance going up into Pan Ams was really good. Everything kind of just worked itself in. I, I was really stressing two, three weeks beforehand, but that last week of prep, I'd say week to ten days, really just just came together, and um, and uh, was really focusing on just making sure I can control what I can, and and things worked out great. Um, we went to Pan Am's, went to Uruguay. Wow, I never thought that trip would be so long, but. Uh, just to, even staying on our hemisphere or our side of the world um, within the Americas took over 24 hours just to get to Uruguay and bless my teammate souls a bunch of them unfortunately got stuck in different countries flights were canceled getting in, in or a lot around Brazil was 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 a was a mess um, thankfully when we got to the flight going to Brazil this is when you, you got to think we to get into Uruguay we had to have papers of like letters of from the government to say we're okay letter from the Karate Federation of Uruguay saying we're okay to enter the country and they assigned each athlete or each person a barcode that was designated for you specifically and then on top of that you had to have a PCR COVID test that had to be within 48 to 72 hours of your departure. Whether like, you know, you leaving for your first leg of the whole trip. And what happened was the Brazil, you know, the flights going in to Brazil, because um, you, you would usually connect from Brazil or somewhere in Brazil to then um, to, to Uruguay where you're trying to go. And those flights, they would check every individual person's papers to make sure that you're okay this doesn't seem like it should be an issue but when there's 200 300 people getting on a plane and then they start doing this and I, I, this podcast is not about plane procedures but it was just it was just interesting and a part of the process of competing is dealing with these mishaps that go on within just travel right you train all this time to go compete at this tournament and you're putting in all this time effort you're financially putting yourself at risk because you're paying for your way to go there, paying for food, paying for everything. We're not getting paid. We're not paid athletes. And, and, and then for something like this to happen, it really puts a damper on everything that's going on. So this line is supposed to take what is 30 minutes, ends up being two plus hours, and the flight then gets super delayed going into Brazil. Luckily for me, my layover was four hours Plus, it was it was a great layover, so I had no problem catching that last flight and made it to Uruguay, no problem. But for other athletes on the team, 
they had all sorts of hell because that delay would then put them back or set them back to miss the following flight, making it to Uruguay. And as a result, they they get to, to Brazil late and then they miss the flight to Uruguay, which doesn't seem like it should be an issue. You should be able to just find a new flight. Well, here's the catch. Now their COVID tests have expired, which means that their barcode that was individually assigned and sent to them has expired. So then now they have to resubmit and reclaim a new barcode, letter of entry, and a PCR test in a country that they don't know where it is. And is essentially a COVID hot zone in, in Brazil. Now, finding a new flight then shouldn't be an issue. But, f you know, by the time all these other things happen, 24, 48, even 72 extra hours go by and these athletes are still finally st or are still stuck. And then just before the competition is supposed to start, finally make it in to, um, to Uruguay, Punta del Este, where, you know, they're, they have a night of sleep and then they're supposed to, you know, weigh in the night, they, the day they arrive and then boom, the next day they're supposed to compete. So all in all, it was a hectic time just to get there in the first place. And, um, Athletes that travel internationally know about these mishaps and things like that. And I have an interesting story about my trips to uh, to France for uh, a training camp that I had in 2020, what was it, 2019 for um, a training camp that I had with the national team over there. It's loss of luggage and, and eventually led to try not to throw up, but, you know, using other people's underwear for things because you have nothing, you know. So, but we'll save that for another time. Um, the competition itself was great. I really enjoyed this Pan American Championships. Medals aside, performance aside, I thoroughly enjoyed Uruguay. Uruguay was a great host. COVID protocols also kind of aside, um, the country is clean. The people were super nice, super genuine. And um, not to say that other countries are not, but this one just really stood out to me. And the experience overall was was very, very, very good and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, as far as the competition goes, uh, individually, I got second place, which is um, uh, bittersweet. Bittersweet because this is the first time that individually I've, I've gotten a silver at the Senior Pan American Championships. But it's also a little bit bitter because that gosh dang gold just keeps getting out of my grasp for pan ams man pan american games i guess you know you could consider that but i've i've actually never won a pan american championships since my first year being on the national team in 2009 and um fingers crossed knock on wood pray <laughs> one day that it happens pan american games of course is a big deal and you know i do have a gold there but just getting a normal pan american championship just from going to it so many times would would uh, would really would really make me happy, <laughs> um, but performance wise, everything happened to be clicking that day, and and um, we ramped up the right way, and and uh, things things worked, things worked. Uh, Pan Am's is always a little bit of a um, go with the flow event, if you will, um, similar to other karate events. It's you're staging at X, Y, and Z time, but um, things don't work out that way. And um, I was supposed to have extra time to get ready and knock, knock. Hey, Cam, you got 25 minutes to get fully warmed up and ready to go. Okay, no problem. Um, and, you know, we I have my routine that I go through before every single event and uh, just modified it to make sure that I could hit the time, but got myself warm. 
I had a um, good friend and old training partner in, uh, his name is Davood there. He was fighting in the heavyweight category, plus 84, and um, thankfully, you know, he was there, and, and I got to bounce some ideas and things off of him, and got to, he helped me warm up, and I was ready to go. So we go out, and my preliminary matches were really good, and um, all the way up until I would say my quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals, I was fighting a Venezuelan fighter who I'm very familiar with. We've gone back and forth for years now. He's honestly a really good friend of mine, too. And, um, of course, it happened to be that we were on the same side of the bracket yet again. And um, we met in the quarterfinals. And um, at the very end of the match, I just got we got tangled up. And I, I took a really short kind of side hit to the, to the side of the head. And um, right into the temple and... It's like someone just clicked the refresh button on my brain, and I was like, man, I, I can't see anything right now and can't even open my eyes. The Everything is so bright. And, um, you know, stood on the line and fortunately pulled off a win in the match. Just just slipped up right at the end of the you know match with the final buzzer and, and got clipped in the side of the head just with a, with a close, you know, powerful little punch. And... Um, I remember getting off the ring, and this is confession time, right? This is Cam's corner. This, there's a lot of things that might not be the correct protocol, but um, I got off the mat, and I, I remember sitting down, and my coach came up to me. He's like, what's going on? And I was just like, hey, my, my head is kind of hurting right now. And um, he was like, okay, well, um, let's go back to staging. Just get you checked out, and we'll go from there. I was like, okay. And then basically got ready and went out for my semifinal match. And um, I don't really remember much from my semifinal match. My head was throbbing and vision was going in and out. And I think there was two ends of the spectrum. Not only did I get hit, but I was uh, I was going into my exhaustion point here. I was not hydrated well enough for that last for that uh, semifinal match. And um, all of it just kind of kind of came together. And and I was I felt like I I, I didn't remember a single thing until. Looking over, the referee had stopped the match. I distinctly remember this. The referee had stopped the match. I'm looking over. There's eight seconds left, and I'm winning the match four to two, four to three. See, I can't even remember the final score right now. But four, whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm winning. That's great. Okay, fantastic. Let's close out this match. Eight seconds left. And um, also fought another fighter, a Guatemalan fighter who have who have fought before, and um. And it, it fortunately worked out, and man, I, I, I we, we pulled it off, and, and somehow came, even with not remembering what's going on, I guess the subconscious kicked in and, and pulled off those those final punches um, to, to get me to secure that, that match as well. But then we made it to the finals, and I was really, really stoked, really, really stoked, and I was really happy, and yet again, I was fighting a another person who I had fought before um, from El Salvador and um, also a, a good buddy of mine. I'm buddies with everybody, I guess you could say. So um, the match for finals, unfortunately, did not go the way I wanted. Um, the El Salvadorian fighter, is a, he's really good at being deceptive with spacing and um, giving you false hope. So you throw attacks and he'll he'll open up the gap, create space, so your attacks all come up short, or 
you think you're right about to go and he closes the gap on you right, you know, in 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 the midst of you thinking that you want to go or throw an, uh, throw an attack and, and um, um, once again, jamming your technique, not allowing you to score, not getting giving you the space that you needed to score techniques. And he is really good at that. Kudos to him. The last time I fought him, funny enough, we had a really close match and like within the last five seconds, I, I happened to throw a hook kick from the clinch and score the hook kick and win that match. This time, I just got caught sleeping in the very beginning of the match and he threw a hook kick and of course, while it uh, pop, you know, uh, uh, like we're putting some edges out here. I don't think it was the cleanest hook kick in the world. Um, it was in front of my eyebrow and I didn't really get hit with it, but um, he did score a hook kick on me and that was the final score of the match it was three zero. I couldn't, I couldn't find my spacing and he just did a good job ruining my, my game plan. Um, but with that said though, I didn't put myself in a good enough position to really show that the kick was not a good score. You know, there's a lot of times as a fighter where, you know, you, you have a lot invested, right? So the first response of something happening to you that you might not agree with is an emotional one. And, you're in the match and you're just like, shit, man, like what? That was not even, you know, but looking back on it, my reaction was slow. My spacing was not correct. And looking at what I could adjust as a fighter was put myself in a better position to show clearly that it's not, it was not a scoring technique or the technique didn't score. Now, moving on to what I, you know, a similar topic of what I brought up before was uh, multiple days of competition. Pan American Championships is no different. Uh, you have team fighting. So we go out for team fighting, and fortunately enough, we we go all the way up into the finals again. And shout out to to our teammates, man. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. My, my team performance, both at this tournament, Pan Ams and, and Worlds, was not my best. Um, we did things that didn't necessarily hurt the team, but um, didn't you know? a lot of matches were nullified. Meaning, um, I got ties and 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 things like that where where it needed to be where it needed to happen. Uh, the match though that I do want to cover was the final match that we we so we made it all the way up to the finals. Brazil, who is also one of the top ranked teams, um, made it to the finals, and um, man, that was a battle. That was a battle. We went back and forth, back and forth, and you know they won one, we won one, you know, and um. Shout out to my teammate, Tom Scott. Most of the people within the karate world know him, but he pulled off this sick last-second body kick. One of his go-to moves is body kicks. Back leg, round kick to the body, and he pulled it off, securing a win for him, which he was our third fighter, and um, unfortunately our first two fighters had uh, had lost. Um, he was our third fighter. And within team fighting, it's best of five, right? So you have five fighters, and essentially the team that gets the three wins first um, is the overall winner. Now, we already had two losses, so I was the fourth fight um, after Tom had won. So we had two, so we had two losses and one win. Um, and I was the fourth fight, and um, I got to fight... The now current world champion of the lightweight category, his name is Douglas Bros. Um, again, someone that I've looked up to for a long time. Um, 
And it was really, really cool to, you know, be under the, the, the bright lights. And, and he's, a, he's someone who I've targeted and wanted to fight for a really long time. There's like a, a pretty, I wouldn't say it's long, but a pretty solid sized list of people that I want to fight. Just in general, to, to see what things that they do and what it's like and kind of where I measure up and things like that. You know, you always want to fight the best. And Douglas Bros has been on that list for a while um, and just never, within whether it's within training or competition, just never had a chance to, to fight him. Um, and I've actually, in competition, never fought uh, a minus 60, uh, a lightweight fighter. Um, so that was, that was, it was all around a new experience and, and I was really looking forward to it. The match starts up and, you know, we're, we're just figuring, trying to feel each other out and kind of similar to what the El Salvadorian, El Salvadorian fighter did, was doing to me, I was doing to, to Douglas. I was just, my goal was not to let him find his space. A super explosive fighter. My job is to use my height and reach as an advantage and catch him where I can after he exposes or use, it, it exposes that explosiveness, right? Throws a technique that essentially shuts down. There's no more energy left to throw more techniques on the retraction of a technique. Boom. That's my spot to hit him. And it worked. Uh, I scored the first point. I was winning 1-0. And within the last 45 seconds, my game plan changed. And I started rushing. I started pushing too fast. I started pushing um, in, in the gaps that were not meant to be my gaps. Right? So so essentially just forcing techniques, trying to build a lead. And um, one thing led to another. And, and I lost 2-1. to one. Final score was 2-1. to one. Um, and wasn't anything crazy. Nothing stood out. Uh, I know for a fact, the second punch, um, that, that he scored, we, we both went punch for punch and, um, went way past my head. Um, but then again, I did not put myself in a good position. I'm fighting one of, you know, the most decorated fighters of all time in a South American country where he holds ring presence, um, putting myself in a position where there's a possibility for him to score is the last thing I want to do. And and not sticking to the game plan is what eventually hurt me um, overall. But that was... And I, I mean, back back to uh, more on that a little bit, actually. Um, super bitter, right? Um, everybody, you know, imagines themselves as the person that is the savior um, but putting myself down here, obviously a little bit, but it hurt, you know, a little bit being the guy that loses the team, uh, their gold. Right. Um, and obviously it could have been anybody else too, but, but, um, um, being the one that happened to be on that day with that fighter, um, it stung a little bit, you know, two silvers on the weekend, which is super successful in many ways and something that I'm very proud of, but, um, Obviously, that leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in, in the mouth, and and that's about it. And I don't know what happened then after that, because it was a short turnaround from Pan Ams to Worlds. It was a very short turnaround, and wait, maybe like two and a half weeks. Yeah, I'm just trying to think back. And man, just about everything kind of kind of worked its way out. Um, I didn't get COVID, but I got super 
I wouldn't say super, but pretty a pretty solid flu of sorts um, after Pan Am's, and that forced me to take you know five six days off. And uh, I have a super bad habit of whatever I'm sick or injured or whatever. I as soon as I get the clear, I push too hard, and that results in me reverbing or getting really sick or even more sick than I originally was. Um, and, and to limit that, I took things slow and, and started going through things. But what I didn't do was take care of the life load, you know, going into, um, Pan Am's, it was, it was a lot of it was balance. I talked about balance. That was the theme for Pan Am's and for worlds. I guess you could say the theme was everything fell apart. The health wasn't right. My recovery wasn't right. Um, my head wasn't right, and what I what I ended up doing was forcing a bunch of things. Unnecessary late nights for schooling and thinking about training and all of these things, and it just added up. It just it just added up, and I I essentially burned myself out. You know, everything kind of fell in on itself. I I just um, wasn't managing the balance load of things, and unfortunately, that's that's the way it went. And we would go to world championships, fly all the way to Dubai. I love Dubai. This was like my sixth time going. And I was I was excited. World championships, Dubai, this is gonna be great. Unfortunately, it was the opposite of that. Completely the opposite. As as a burnt out fighter, um at the very beginning of this episode we t- I talked about the goal was to try and peak by the world championships, but I was plummeting by then. Um, it's a really discouraging thing when you're at that level and you're like, I want to be here, but my body's just not firing and the motivation is not there. And kind of the fire under my ass and the matches was just not just not there. Um, and it's quite clear I carried what my life load was um, onto the mat, which is the exact opposite thing that you want to do. You know, having a clear, even if there's a bad performance, right? Those those days happen, but but this is such a, in my mind, a controllable mistake that it didn't work in my favor. And on top of that, my immune system was already compromised. So we the night before my competition, literally everything <laughs> just kind of fell apart. My weight and everything was good, but I realized that while I was there, I was fatiguing pretty quick. You know, within trainings, I just was fatiguing. And like I said, I instead of being, you know, making adjustments and being excited about, you know, little things here and there, I was getting frustrated. And I was like, this is not a good sign. I'm, I'm fatiguing. I'm getting tired. So rest more or hang out with the team. Just do some things that will get your mind off of it. But it was too too late to, to try and save. So... Fast forward to the night before my competition, uh, the the electricity for some reason just kept jumping in and out of the hotel. And um, like I said, there's these random things that happen at these competitions and being able to work through them is a part of being the best performer. But man, the electricity reset and the air conditioning in our room just happened to reset as well. And... My, my roommate at the time, which I would not 
have done, uh, there's nothing wrong with what he did at all. It just happened to be, they got really hot because it was blowing out hot air. The AC in our room was blowing out hot air, and he went over and said, all right, I'm going to just bring it down, and brought it down, but um, for it went, it went really cold, and <laughs> to where my bed was facing, I guess all of this cold air was blowing on my face the whole time or the rest of the night, and I woke up with chills, and I had a fever, and I was not good at all, and funny enough, like I said, random things that happen, we we have our doorbell get rung at 7 a.m., so instantly, the stress of, oh shoot, I missed my bus to go to the venue to compete and everything like this starts flushing in, and all the stress of everything starts flushing in, and I get up out of bed, you know, and you're still in my pajamas, you know, not really being able to see anything. And I, I open the door and it's one of the bellhops. And he says, oh, sir, um, did you need anything? And I was like, what is going on right now? What do you mean? Did I need anything? You, you rang the doorbell. He goes, no, no, no. I knocked. I was like, well, you just rang, you just rang the bell, right? No, 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 no. I knocked. I just came to see if you needed anything. And I was like, well, we didn't ask for service. He goes, okay, you need anything? I was like, this is the seventh time this guy's asking me if I need anything. No, no, I don't need anything. He's like, okay, perfect. Have a good rest of your morning. I'm just so confused on what is going on right now. And then by the time I lay back down, the stress and everything and the nerves of competing and everything kicks in and boom, there's there's no way to fall asleep for the two hours that I could have. And, um, I, as, as I'm laying there, I'm noticing that my, 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 my health is declining quickly, you know, and naturally you're worried about getting COVID and all that stuff, especially with another country. I'm getting, going to get stuck there. But fortunately I took several COVID tests. We were taking one every single day, essentially. Um, and each one was coming back negative. So I then make my way to the venue. Oh, I'm sorry. This is another part. We're waiting for buses because there's a schedule of buses coming to our hotel to come pick us up, athletes up, to go to the venue, which is easily like 30, 20, I'd say 25 minutes away. No bus shows up ever. So fortunately, one of my, one of the U.S. team coaches was there and we split an Uber ride all the way over to the venue and we get there and they say, sorry, you're not allowed to enter. And we're going, what's going on here? Turns out all the fighters that, you know, are not currently being staged have to wait until all of them get COVID checked and everything like that from the test that we've been taking the previous nights. I guess the info then goes over to the venue to make sure all athletes are okay. So I wait an extra 45 minutes. Again, the health is just getting worse and worse. We walk in and um, eventually get in staging area and everything like that and start getting ready, start warming up and, then my coaches and sport data, which is the the schedule, you know, where, where the schedule for all events is posted, is saying that the event is running an hour and a half behind. So I'm like, okay, fantastic. I get to rest a little bit, you know, recoup, just get my energy back and hydrate and all that stuff. And turns out that sport data was not updated and um, the schedule was not updated and they were actually running on time. So then what happens? I'm the first match of of my bracket and it's hectic i you know they're not allowing training partners into the staging area so i'm warming up with the wall by myself and um 
and then we go out and on, on with with not enough time to warm up, not enough time to get ready, and and under you know the franticness of all all that's going on and not feeling well, um, alongside kind of walking into the event without the best best of headspaces. Um, yeah, they lost the first match. Now the athlete from from Jordan who I fought, he he's good. There's no dis, you know discrediting his you know his 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 abilities or anything like that, but what I'm most upset about is not losing is is not showing who I am or what my abilities are to a, to a, to my maximum. The final score was 1-0. So nothing nothing crazy, but I was just really upset that I wasn't able to demonstrate or show everything that I wanted to or everything that you know that I, that I thought I could and um, that same kind of ordeal kind of flowed throughout the rest of the week and then we had team fighting and of course our first match is a rematch against Brazil you know you go all the way across the world and we're fighting the same guys and we're all really excited and and um, the same thing happened to me in my my normal match or my team match and uh, unfortunately, I lost that match with with not a good showing, or not the showing that you know I know I'm capable of, and and had to had to keep the head up high and try and walk off the mat, and you know come home to to re re analyze and regroup and get things going. Um, and and that's kind of what's been going on the last few months. <laughs> of course, then following up, you know, I I got home and you know had finals week and things like that, so was just doing school and got our team ready. We went to the U.S. Open and uh, our my, my, this this team is the dojo team. The uh, we had twenty athletes go to the U.S. Open and once again, I'm proud to say that they performed extremely well and I'm very proud of all of them. You know, and um, taking a lot of the lessons that we did from no that I did from from the last several the three tournaments I was trying to put on to them and. And help them work through everything, and and um, it worked out great. And then, unfortunately, I finally got COVID. I guess you could say, <laughs> um, finally got sick and got COVID after uh, Vegas, and um, just got recovered and recouped. And now, trying to head into the new year with a with a strong head and ready to go. But the reason why I wanted to recap everything that was kind of going on and. Maybe on another episode I can talk about the specifics of the things that I saw at the World Championships because there was a lot of great stuff and a lot of interesting things because a whole new generation of of athletes, there's a changing of the guards happening right now and um, some of the, the other athletes are, are moving on and some athletes like Steven DaCosta are just highlight real athletes and they come out and win the Olympics and then win World Championships a few months after and then there's new athletes that are coming up and, and showing showing themselves as 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 prominent and dominant ones. So um, definitely might have to save that for another time. But overall, I wanted to recap what was going on in my experience within these last few events and just note that th- there's a few things that all athletes or anybody listening to this, I would, I would recommend going back and looking at. And obviously the first thing being with the negative um, – experiences that I had is is to make sure that you're balanced you know having having balance and making sure that there there is time downtime or time to recoup or regroup or anything like that is extremely important and that that's kind of the the first thing and that that would have led to the next thing is like 
burnout. Burnout is a real thing, you know, and, and not not trying to compare myself to someone like that, but Simone Biles, you know, she was burnt out when it came to the Olympics and it was shown there. Um, someone who's supposed to come in and just, just wreak havoc and win golds on golds, then leaves with one bronze and doesn't chooses not to compete in many other events is is burnout is a real thing. You know, and, and unfortunately I, I didn't manage my rest and um training to the to the absolute max there at the end and, and it, it came around and also got me too. You know, but with that said though, the one the one real strong positive point is is really honing in and focusing on the people that make up your personal team. I I genuinely could not have gone through these events and had the 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 sense of just, you know, hitting all the check boxes of the different things that, you know, you have to do during the day if it wasn't for the people around me. And I know like a lot of people say this and it's like a almost become something to say after, you know, successes and oh, like, you know, I I have to thank the people around me, but even in 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 defeat, you know, and not having the best performances, I, I can clearly look back and say my support system is one of the best out there. I had one of my training partners who's who's going to school right now at CU say, you know, to one of his professors, Hey, I gotta help so and so train for this and that and got out of some of his classes to actually come and help me train. Or someone who who doesn't need to come and train shows up just for me to punch and kick them and everything like that. And then on top of that, I had, you know, my, my, my mom was a big help with like my nutrition, you know, my, my sister helping me cover classes, my dad just being the, the grounding force within it all and dealing with my crazy self, you know, on, on occasion, my girlfriend and friends just being there for me consistently to be shoulders to, to lean on and to talk to and, help disengage from the intensity of training all of it all of it really played a role in my general happiness and and the ability to to continue training and and balancing everything else that comes around it you know so i've mentioned it again on other episodes but the one biggest takeaway to me is to really hone in and and um if anything, be appreciative of the people that are around you that are there for you consistently on on any level. And that could be one person or 10 people. But um, going back to something that something just right now popped in my head was um, with my last semester was, uh, was, an, was an assignment that I had to do was literally just an appreciation letter. Um, one of my classes that I was taking is positive psychology. And one of our side little assignments was a letter of appreciation, literally to write out a full letter to someone within your life that you appreciate and why, you know, what, what stands out, you know, and what they did. And, and then part two, it was sharing that with them and seeing what their reaction was. Um, and in a way, this episode is a huge letter of appreciation to those people that are consistently helping me out and checking in and, and doing all the things that you do for me and, and everybody else, that that um is there for me you know because everybody you know the, it, there's layers and it continues to to work its way out and um the last point that i want to make is is that 
that same level of trust and and um, commitment is what I have tried my very hardest and will continue to try to put into with athletes that I work with. You know, because all in the end of the day, it is it is known to to or it is the goal of mine to to help and build other athletes. But with that all said, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Believe in the Punch. Side note, Cam's Corner, One Take Wonder. We just go on just talking about experiences and things like that. Tune in. I got some cool guests on the list. I'll be better about not not leaving everybody MIA for a long time. But before we leave, I wanted to give a huge shout out to another sponsor on today's episode, and that is Tournament X. Tournament X is a new up-and-coming series of events that are taking place here in my home state of Colorado, which support athletes, support junior athletes. There's a really cool ideology behind it in helping junior athletes get sponsorships and go travel the world to compete for free as long as you come and compete at these tournaments and i would recommend anybody to come check out this new league tournament x check them out instagram website everything but thank you again everybody for listening to another episode and please if you haven't already go ahead and download share and everything just to get this thing going and i will look forward to talking to you guys soon Like always, make sure to keep your hands up and always, this time I guess it's not believe in the punch, but believe in Cam's Corner. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.